What's good, guys? Welcome back to One Stop Shop. Let's get right into this episode. How's it going, guys? It's Tuesday, March 16th, the day before St. Patrick's Day. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing tomorrow, but I know I'm going to get fucking blasted. So, yeah, it's been a really tough year, guys. I haven't done jack shit in a fucking year. And obviously, some people don't have the situations where they're able to do whatever the fuck they want all the time. And I was that person for a really long time. But unfortunately, I am not living by myself right now. I'm living with my dad. And he's obviously an older guy. So I can't just be selfish. And that's something that this year has really taught me. And it's like, you can't be selfish. And put others in harm's way just for your own benefit. And, like, obviously, like, I've had my tough days, like, being by myself. And, like, I'm sure everybody has. And it's not something that's really easy to fucking go through. But, like, just know that things are starting to get better. And I keep telling myself that also. And just got to... Keep staying optimistic that things are going to get back to normal eventually. But last night was a really solid game for the Battle of New York between the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks. And that's beat us 117 to 112. It was a back and forth type of game. The Knicks were down many times during the game and basically really caught it down to a single-digit game in the fourth quarter. Nearly picked up a victory. There was a lot of energy last night from Julius Randle, obviously. Like how we saw at the end of the game, he was very emotional because there was a call that basically took away our chance at potentially winning the game. He got called for basically travel up and down and Kyrie was defending him and he basically like after the game he like almost like went at a referee and he was clearly upset with how the call went and it cost us the game so last night Julius ran the 33 points Reggie Bullock 19 points 5 for 10 from 3 RJ Barrett 23 points knocked down all 10 free throws Six rebounds, four assists, one steal, and a block. Emmanuel quickly started last night for his first ever start in the NBA, 21 points in 34 minutes. It's great to see him get more playing time. Obviously, Coach Thibodeau is experimenting with his guys that he has, and obviously he sees a lot of potential in quickly. And obviously, as a Nick fan, we like to see exciting players on the court. And he's one of the most exciting players that we've seen on the Knicks in quite some time. Him and RJ Barrett, they've both been coming alive as of late, playing pretty well. And yeah, last night the Knicks couldn't get it done, but they keep a 500 record. They're 20 and 20 on the season, and hopefully they could build upon. This loss that they got last night, even though they were pretty much in it in 
the later parts of the game. But solid performances last night from Kyrie Irving, 34 points. James Harden, 21 points. Jeff Green, 20 points. Joe Harris, 13 points. And obviously, they're still without Kevin Durant. And Blake Griffin hasn't made his debut yet. So the Nets are still a couple of puzzle pieces away from reaching their apex of becoming one of the top teams in all of the NBA. And obviously, they're right there. But, you know, with KAD and Blake Griffin and all those guys on the court together, I feel like no one can really fucking stop the Nets. And especially the fact that they're playing so well without KD and KD's the heart and soul of any team that he is on. So Kyrie and James Harden, they've had a step up in the absence of KD, especially in this year when he's been out because of injuries and then contact tracing and shit like that. Like it's not fair to him. Like he's like one of the biggest superstars in all sports. So he hasn't had the season that he really has probably wanted ideally because of the fact that like he came back from an injury last year and wasn't able to play him and Kyrie. So it's got to be tough for KD not being able to play, but the Knicks were basically in this game late in the game and they just couldn't get it done. But hopefully we can continue our positive ways. They play tonight in Philadelphia against the Sixers, 8 o'clock. Obviously, that's a big test. They're the top team in the Eastern Conference. Ben Simmons been playing pretty well. Obviously, Joel Embiid was banged up a couple of days ago and had some bone bruise on his knee. So he'll probably be out for a little while. And yeah, Sixers are 27-12 and 12 on the year. They're top seed in the Eastern Conference, and obviously this is going to be a great game tonight. I hope we don't get blown out because I just can't take another loss last night. (laughs) The Lakers fucking blew out the Golden State Warriors last night. That was the late game on ESPN. They won 128-97. Montrezl Harrell, 27 points off the bench. Really solid performance last night for Harrell. LeBron, 22 points. Caldwell Poe, 14 points. Kyle Kuzma, 17 points off the bench. And Horton Tucker, 18 points off the bench. Alex Caruso did not play due to concussion protocol. And obviously, they're still without AD. And obviously, they need AD. But they proved that they're really dominant team and like obviously the Lakers with LeBron like you know LeBron is an MVP caliber athlete any season that he's healthy and he's basically always healthy a true savage but you know 
the Warriors, man, it's really crazy to see because, like, obviously they've been one of the top teams and without Klay Thompson this year, obviously that's not the easiest thing for the Warriors to adjust to with just having Steph Curry and Kelly Oubre doing most of the scoring with Andrew Wiggins contributing on a nightly basis and stuff like that. And then, yeah, like obviously we want to see Klay Thompson healthy. Hopefully next season the Warriors are back in title contention, and it's pretty crazy to see that they're at the same record as the Knicks. Uh, like, it's pretty crazy because, like, just a few years ago they were the dominant team and the NBA, and no one could really even come close to even fucking with them. So the Lakers, obviously, they're the favorite to repeat as the champions and will most likely do so. All right, so switch up the topic a little bit, a little football news. The Jets signed Corey Davis from the Tennessee Titans yesterday. One of the better wide receivers available this year. And they signed him for three years, $37 million. And they also signed Carl Lawson, a defensive end from the Cincinnati Bengals, to a three-year, $45 million contract that includes $30 million guaranteed. And obviously the big news with the Jets is who's going to be the fucking quarterback? Are they drafting a new quarterback? Are they going to draft Justin Fields? Or are they going to fucking shop Sam Zarnold around and try to get an established QB? Who knows, man? Who knows? But all I know is that I'm looking forward to seeing football. And that goes without saying. It's obviously like one of my favorite sports to watch. And I can't wait to see how next season plays out and especially how the draft is going to play out. Like where are the giants going to fucking pick? And I've been reading a lot of different mock drafts from different outlets and stuff like that. And like, they're saying that there's an opportunity that the giants could fucking get Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner out of Alabama, the wide receiver. So if that happens, that completely fucking changes the trajectory of the giants, especially due to the fact that we basically, don't have any wide receivers that are going to be like a top name in this league. Like, who do we have? We have a guy that can't catch the ball in Evan Ingram. We got Sterling Shepard, who has been solid for us, but like he could be better. Got rid of Golden Tate. And then we have some young guys like Austin Mack. And they could really use a young wide receiver, especially one that either has won the Heisman in Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell from 
Alabama. It seems like the Giants are just mainly focused on getting a wide receiver this year. I mean, obviously, they're going to be drafting offensive linemen also to protect Saquon when he gets back. That's going to be the main part of our offense. Well, at least one of them. But having the option of having the running game and Saquon as a receiving back out of the backfield can only help the Giants' opportunities to become a better team under Joe Judge. And obviously coming off of a 6-10 and 10 year last year and the weirdest division in all of the NFL, the NFC East. Like, the Giants were literally on the doorstep of getting into the playoffs last year. And that was going to be basically backing into the playoffs if the fucking Washington football team lost. So, just kind of proves that Joe Judge is trying to create the synergy within the Giants locker room to get them to be a playoff team again and obviously it's been a couple of years since we've been there and obviously as a diehard fan we don't want to be wearing bags over our heads and being fucking ashamed of our team you know like as a fucking sports fan you never want to be ashamed you never want to be ashamed of your fucking team and yeah I guess we'll have to see how the draft plays out and they try to sign in the offseason. Obviously, Kenny Galladay, wide receiver from the Detroit Lions, he's one of the top targets this offseason as a free agent, and the Giants can definitely use him. And obviously, they're going to have to give him a significant contract and it's the price that we got to pay to be successful. So that's that. And obviously we hope Daniel Jones is able to have another really solid year. He really proved himself last year and he showed that he has the athletic ability to have the longevity in this league that a lot of quarterbacks obviously don't get to have. Based on certain opportunities and salary cap and stuff like that, the Giants got rid of Kevin Zeitler, basically getting rid of like $14.5 million. And he just signed with the Ravens. Obviously, he's one of the best offensive linemen in the league and was hurt last year for a decent amount. So they basically needed to clear up some salary cap and move on with the future of the Giants and probably draft somebody that's a lot less money so that they can go after free agents. So... That's that. Uh, Some other notable contracts that came out yesterday. Bud Dupree heading to the Tennessee Titans. And that's huge, obviously, for 
the Tennessee Titans, their defense is one that shouldn't really be messed with too much. Obviously, lining up in the middle with Will Compton, the boy from Busting the Boys, like having those two at linebacker, like that's going to be fucking something to watch. Like they're going to be a little tandem right there for the Titans and should be fucking really effective with playing with each other. Another big re-signing for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers was Shaq Barrett, obviously reuniting him with Devin White and bringing him back. Obviously, there was a lot of speculation over his contract status and if he was going to return to Tampa Bay, and they're pretty much doing what they can to run it back with the same team that they had in previous years. So they re-signed Chris Godwin, and they re-signed Gronk, and they restructured Tom Brady's contract. So, like, they're trying to keep all the key players there that contributed to them winning the Super Bowl, and they're obviously going to be the favorite to win it next year, obviously, because of the team that they've developed and the chemistry that they have. So, yeah. I am looking forward to fucking football. (laughs) Uh, I'm also looking forward to March Madness. Filled out one of my brackets just for the fuck of it the other day. I got Gonzaga winning the whole fucking thing. And then I filled out another one just to see if it was going to be any different. Pretty much had the same shit. (laughs) Uh, My final four, I got all number one seeds, which is pretty crazy but not too unusual because like that's probably how it's going to end up if we don't have too many upsets in the early rounds so i got gonzaga against michigan in the one game in the final four then baylor against illinois and then the national championship gonzaga versus illinois and i've been watching so much college basketball it's so entertaining and obviously i watch all throughout the season, but it gets way more intense when it gets to conference tournaments and March Madness and stuff like that. So a few teams that I've been really been a fan of this season, Oklahoma State with Cade Cunningham. And then Iowa with Luca Garza. Two teams that normally would not have been in the top part of the bracket. And they're building their programs, obviously. And Iowa is one of those teams that has basically had one of its best seasons in, I don't know, like a decade. Something like that, they've said, or something like that. So, like, it's a crazy year. And especially for teams like Duke and... Kentucky not to be a part of March Madness, it's especially weird because, like, Coach K, like, he hasn't missed a fucking tournament in, like, 24 seasons as Duke's head coach. So this is, like, one of the craziest things. Like, you always expect Duke to fucking be in there. And this year they just didn't have what it takes to make it there. And, yeah. 
Obviously, another team that goes without needing an introduction is Baylor, and they've been playing great this year. And one of the top teams in the whole country, kind of unusual. They've never really been in that kind of position. And, yeah. I'm looking forward to college basketball. I'm looking forward to the tournament, especially after the fact that we didn't get it last year. And we just want to be entertained in this tough time. So, that's that. A little UFC news for you. So, Dana White has basically announced that UFC 261 will be taking place in front of a full crowd in Jacksonville. And Kamaru Usman will be defending his welterweight title against Jorge Masvidal in their second fight. Obviously, the first one happened earlier this past summer. And Jorge with the full camp, at least hopefully he will have a better opportunity to dethrone Kamaru Usman as the champion. And this card also features... Valentina Shevchenko, the flyweight champion, women's flyweight champion, obviously, against Jessica Andrade, which is going to be a fucking crazy fight. Valentina Shevchenko is one of the top women's fighters in all of the fucking world, and anytime she fights, she puts her opponent on the ground. <laughs> and then also Zhang Weili, Defending her strawweight title against Rose Namajunas. This is a very, this is a very anticipated fight. Rose is a uh, former interim champ, and Zhang Weili, she obviously beat Joanna Jerjacek last year, and one of the fucking craziest women's fights I've probably ever seen, and. Yeah, it could be a fucking crazy fight for Zhang Weili and Thug Rose. And this will be held at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida, before an expected capacity crowd of 15,000 people. I want to fucking go. I really want to go so bad. Oh, man. If I could actually pull that off, I wouldn't be any fucking happier than to fucking go to a UFC fight. The last UFC fight that I went to was October of 2019. And that was basically right before I started working. So that was probably like the last like sporting event that I went to as a fan before everything got fucking shut down. So a UFC event is unlike 
any other event. It's literally the top athletes in the world fighting in a gladiator style fight. Like, and until you kind of understand what kind of atmosphere that is, like, the fans are so fucking passionate, screaming, alcohol everywhere, fucking, you know, people get really passionate about UFC, and like myself, I left there without having a fucking voice, (laughs) and yeah, looking forward to potentially, I mean, like, that's a long shot, but like, I would make that my first trip since this whole fucking lockdown happens on much and not everybody deserves to have fun once in a while you know so this upcoming weekend we got one of my favorite up-and-coming fighters Kevin Holland taking on Derek Brunson in a middleweight fight. UFC fight night this weekend. Kevin Holland 21 and 5 versus Derek Brunson 21 and 7. Obviously Kevin Holland has so much hype behind him as he's had one of the best years in UFC history and He basically loves to stay active and fight as often as he fucking can. He won four fights in 2020, especially in a crazy year. proved a lot to himself, and he's establishing himself as one of the top contenders. Soon enough, hopefully, he'll be getting the names that are really going to make him a superstar, which he has the potential of doing. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt under... One of the best trainers and Travis Luter, former fighter himself, jiu-jitsu competitor. And obviously Derek Brunson is a very explosive guy. He's been around for a while. And yeah, this is going to be a great main event. Looking forward to that. Uh, the co-main event is Brad Riddell, City Kickboxing also. Israel Adesanya's teammate. Um, he's taking on Gregor Gillespie in a lightweight bout. And Brad is the underdog in this one. And you shouldn't really sleep on him. I follow him on social media, and he is a true savage. So, like, looking forward to that. And then we got Ty Bam Bam Tuavasa, who loves to send it with uh, the Nelk boys, especially, uh, you know. When they were in Abu Dhabi, they were fucking sending beers and shoes and shit. Apparently, that's what they do, <laughs> where ties from. <laughs> and he's always an exciting fighter. He knocks people out. So he's fighting Don Tail Mize. And then we got Adrian Yanez, who is an up and comer in the Bantamweight division, 12 and 3. Facing Gustavo Lopez. And yeah, that's pretty much the only other notable fight. And there's a bunch of other fights. Solid fight card. And it's always a solid fight card for UFC. And you know, like, 
even though if you don't know the names, like it's still the talent that matters in the sport, you know, like that's what Dana White really looks for. He looks for unknown guys that he can basically bring through the ranks himself and basically have them for the longevity of their career in MMA because like obviously it's not a sport if you're unfortunate to have like a couple losses like you could lose everything and unlike other sports like when you just get a chance UFC fighters could just get cut on a moment's notice even after getting opportunities that basically would make or break their career like Megan Anderson basically just got let go after she lost to Amanda Nunes because there's no one that could really fucking challenge Amanda Nunes besides probably undisputed boxing champion Clarissa Shields who has been training with John Jones and is probably going to make the move from boxing to MMA in a couple years and that's been a main topic of discussion for Amanda Nunes because like she's beat everybody and like it doesn't really seem like there's a challenger out there that can basically take her down. So that's going to be something to watch for. And obviously John Jones returning after the winner of Stipe versus Francis, which is like in a week, two weeks, I think the 27th fight. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that fight. Huge fan of Francis Ngannou. And really gained a large appreciation for him after I heard him on Joe Rogan. And he really explained his upbringing. And he's really clawed for every opportunity that he's ever been given. Nothing's been just handed to him. Like, he had to leave his own country for a better life. He had to leave Africa and basically would move to France and then came to America. And he's from Cameroon, which is basically not a very wealthy country. And he was able to make a better life for himself. And he's just a very inspirational guy. And he's very intelligent. It seems like, and, Seems like a good person at heart, and I wish that he could become the champion because, like, it's truly, like, he is one of the biggest guys, but, like, in a sense, he's an underdog because, like, he has fought through a lot of adversity, and... He's been able to have a little win streak going against some of the best guys in the sport. He's beat Curtis Blades, Cain Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos, Jarzino Rosenstrike in his last five, five, four fights. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Obviously, Stipe is one of the goats of the sport, but, like, I feel like Francis might overpower him in this time and this is the second time that they're fighting and obviously Stipe got the best of them in the first one so that's going to be very interesting how that plays out also on that card March 27th UFC 260 Alexander Volkanovsky defending his featherweight 
title against Brian T City Ortega, which is gonna be a fucking fireworks show. Like that's gonna be a fucking brawl. I don't even know how that fight's gonna fucking play out, but I'm rooting for Brian Ortega. Obviously, he's the underdog in the fight, but it's very slim odds betting wise, but like I don't bet on shit. So I'm rooting for Brian Ortega. Tyron Woodley, who's one of the GOATs, facing Vicente Luque, who's also a very established guy. Really looking forward to that fight also. And then we got my guy, Sean Sugar O'Malley, who is mentally undefeated, even though he's twelve and one. But he's the favorite against Thomas Almeida, who's twenty two and four. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to some good UFC coming up in the next couple weeks and yeah. That's pretty much that. So what else, guys? Supreme is doing a collaboration with Emilio Pucci, and they're creating a unique box logo and other stuff in a collection that basically doesn't happen too often that Supreme fucking changes around the design of a box logo, obviously, with like the Louis Vuitton collab, Murakami, the Brooklyn box logo, and some other box logos like that. They obviously do some unique designs and stuff, but this is kind of like a, uh, a pattern in a box logo. It's kind of different. And yeah, obviously going to try to get that, but Supreme's website has been giving me a lot of L's lately. So like, I guess we can only hope. And yeah. That's pretty much it, guys. Just wanted to tap in. And uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace the fuck out. Have a good week.